به برنامه این رایمین کیمی سی سوری بول خنده سو خنانش فنیم یجنتی اگس نوتی شرطی اگشمتی انسانیری Welcome to the Coptic program on Radio 92.3 FM. The Coptic program brings to you the heritage, the art, the Coptic language and the Christian faith of the Coptic Orthodox Church. The Apostolic Church of Egypt, founded in the year 42 AD by St. Mark the Apostle. Good afternoon, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, to another episode of Coptic Youth Radio Hour here on 92.3 FM, 3 Z, in association with uh, CYC Tuned In. Um, uh, I'm your host, Michael Risk, and to my left, my co-host. Um, hi, I'm Amanda Kiralos. <laughs> uh, and uh, today we are speaking uh, for part two of uh, Abuna Dawood's uh, interview. Uh, if you tuned in last week, we had uh, we were privileged uh, and honored to have uh, with us Abuna Dawood Lami in the studio. Uh, and uh, this is the uh, second uh, edition of that. Amanda, do you want to tell them what we uh, talked about with him? Um, we were privileged to have him and talk about relationships. And also we got to um, play some fun trivia games um, about Aussie slang mm. and um, ke- uh, keep keep listening to listen to Abuna's reaction on the taste of Vegemite. Yeah, we also made him uh, taste some delicious uh, Australian cuisine yeah. uh, in uh, in Vegemite. Um, uh, and yeah, so Abuna was a really good sport with us. He, uh, he played with us and uh, he uh, he stuck around for that. Uh, also, make sure to, uh, if you haven't done so already, to subscribe to our Facebook page, 92.3 FM, 3 Z Coptic Youth. And uh, also, make sure to join the CYC uh, Facebook page. Uh, and also, we are on SoundCloud. Uh, so, make sure to, if you missed the episode or if you want to catch the previous episode, uh, you can uh, check them out on uh, SoundCloud, 3 Z Coptic Youth Radio uh, for all um, your the past episodes. Uh, that's it from us. Uh, stay tuned.
And uh, we're back here on Coptic Youth Radio in association with uh, Tuned In. Uh, I was blessed to have Abuna Dawood Lamy uh, with us in the studio. Uh, Abuna, uh, in our last segment, you discussed um, four major sort of issues that the church is dealing with. Um, and I'll, I thought maybe we can talk about um, relationships and how to find the right partner. Uh, you, yeah, as you were saying, there, there's many issues that we face now. There's uh, a lot of divorces uh, within the church. Um, how do you, what, what is your message or what do you think the youth of today need to equip themselves with mm. so they can have a successful marriage? Um, my first advice, we have to change the curriculum of Sunday school teaching as early as the primary school in the age of from 8 to 15 years to understand the Christian marriage and to understand the goal in life. Because when the goal in life is to catch the kingdom of heaven, it's very different than to enjoy life. Because the world around the church is teaching our kids just enjoy. That's the purpose of life. But for us, in our church, we need to make it rooted in their hearts and minds that the purpose of life is to catch the kingdom of heaven. It's not to enjoy life. Because this will affect the whole story when it comes to choosing the partner. So, first of all, we need to change some of the, you know, um, maybe the vision of the, of the teaching in the... Um, in the early teenage, before thinking of marriage, you know, because this will affect after many years their choices. Another important advice that um, we have to focus in our youth meetings upon the importance of spiritual life in marital life, in marriage. I mean, uh, for those who do not have strong relationship with God, they cannot make strong relationship with a partner. And that's, you know, the main problem. For, for most of the marital problems we see, that's simply because the husband or the wife or both of them are not in good terms with God. They do not pray from the heart. They are not members of the church. They, not, they do not refer to the Bible. They do not understand the Christian values. So, as if we speak different language, when we speak about respect, um, understanding, uh, caring, giving, sharing, we look like strangers because as if they never heard about this. So, there is a problem here. So, in youth meetings, we need to... Um, push the Christian values strongly, uh, again, before they think of the partners. Another important uh, point here is to help the parents to think in a good way, because many of the parents still thinking of uh, money, thinking of the, of the picture of the uh, uh, outside, you know, they do not think in a Christian way. They do not think of the future 
eternal life with their kids. They think how to plead their kids in a worldly view. So that's another problem. We need to make meetings for the parents to understand how should the Christian family live. And also, let me tell you that many of the young people now are scared from the idea of marriage. That's because they had seen in their childhood many problems with their parents. They faced um, many problems um, that their daddy never respected their mom or their mom was not faithful to their dad. So these problems, you know, uh, killed the normal passion to enjoy Christian marriage in the future because their experience was very negative. Mm. So there are many points to be tackled in this. Yeah, I, I think, yeah, it's, it's for, uh, it's the relationship for a child and between the parents in order to grow up in the church and that will create a successful marriage. Um, but how, how about the the youth who are in their twenties who have who have grown up with with the world with the Western society? Um, they've they have they have they've gone to school with people who aren't Christian. They've gone to university with people who aren't Christian, and they see that that their lifestyle is attractive, hmm. and they go towards that lifestyle. That in turn affects their relationship with uh, to find a future partner how how can they how can we make them like more recognize more the that 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 worldly sort of um relationship is not the mm. the right one the christ yeah. is the right yeah one. you know um also we need to focus on the idea of the difference we are different being Christian, real Christian, should be different. And being different, I shouldn't follow the style of my colleagues or my friends because they do not care for their eternal life. They are not busy with uh, the redemption of Christ. So their values are not my value. Even they look happily or their lifestyle is attractive, as you said. But still, I'm not about the pleasure of this day. I'm, I'm about more with the eternity. So when these meanings are there in our hearts, our people will fight strongly not to follow this generation in its attitude, but they follow the teaching of the Bible and the church. So, and also we have to uh, make it clear for everyone that uh, the relationship in this world are not correct, are not sane, because that was not God's plan, that was not God's will. And most of these relations will uh, va be vanished soon because, you know, it's not strong enough to continue. And that's what everyone see daily, that this relationship, because it's all about sex or all about pleasures, or so they cannot stand for long. But Christian worldview about marriage 
it's a unity in Christ. It's all about Christian love, to give, not to take, to share, to think of eternity. So this meaning are the cornerstones of marriage, not just making a good relationship with some partner and then few months or few years later we are not happy together let's think in different way so that's not the bible um, revelation that's not the will of god so uh, we need everything we need bible study we need father's writings and readings we need uh, to discuss the Christian values. We need to put the idea of the differences between a Christian fellow and other people. Uh, we need to point at the, the, the problems of making relationships are, are away from Christ. Yeah. Um, Abuna, do you, uh, do you have any advice for maybe two people who have met each other, they're about to enter the next phase um, of their life, uh, there's love there. Um, how do how do they seek sort of like God's will in, and not impose their own will on the relationship? Because a lot of the times we, when we find uh, someone we want to marry, mm. we want it to be God's will. We don't want it to be our will and yeah. we forcing something like that. Yeah. First of all, you know, we have to pray. With, um, with the prayer, we can see clearly. We can, you know, understand the will of God. The mind is enlightened with the Holy Spirit when we pray from our heart. And also, we have to go for, you know, confession or um chatting with our fathers of confession because we need somebody to guide us in this stage. That's an important decision in life. Because as you said, some of these young people, they believe that this is the will of God, but they are pushed by their passion, just heart feeling. It's not, you know, God's will. It's their heart. And the heart may deceive people because, you know, um, the voice of the heart sometimes is higher than the voice of the spirit. So they need somebody to discern whether this is the real will of God or just the desire or the will of man. Another important point is to give time because any kind of, you know, to hurry up or to be quick in this, that's, you know, that's not correct because we need some time to understand whether this is the will of God or not. And can we live together a real Christian life or we are not matching? Mm. And also we have to respect the, the differences. We have to understand each other. We have to know the background well, because, you know, sometimes the emotions may also cover this part and in marriage, they see how much gap between them in their thinking, in their habits, in their upbringing, so they suffer a lot. But they have to see this much earlier so they can discuss it and maybe they are not the, the best uh, partners for each other. So we need to advise them how to, to spend uh, 
good time in pre-engagement period to understand each other, to be supervised by a father of confession, to pray good, to stop their emotions and to think um, uh, down to earth for the future, to take the blessings of their family, not to think alone, and also in the engagement period to avoid any um, any emotional flaring up and sexual tendency because that's not the time. They have to respect each other and to respect the word of God. They have to come closer to God during this engagement period. They have to attend premarital courses to understand the values of Christian marriage and the responsibility of each partner in marriage. So these are, you know, kind of guiding them all through the phases to get them um, peacefully to marriage. And also in the first few years of marriage, I would recommend that they should be supervised by... um, by some father of confession or from spiritual guide because you know they need it in their early years of marriage because the conflicts are higher in this at that mm-hmm. time mm-hmm. so it's all about the church duties and for this problem yeah. how to also facilitate the community in which people can see each other can understand each other mm-hmm. not to mix with outsiders much Mm. Um, what's your sort of ideal time frame between for two people before engagement and how long should the engagement period be I would say not less than three months before engagement like uh, two times meeting per week and some phone calls and meeting in the church uh, within a group you know and the engagement better not to be less than eight months and not to exceed more than 18 months, in my opinion. Because, you know, um, engagement period is very critical. And if it is very short, it's not enough to understand each other. If it is very long, it will usually end up with many problems because they need to settle down in their house. Yeah. Thanks, Abuna. Thank you. Thank you so much, Abuna. Uh, we'll be back shortly. Uh, we're going to play a couple more games with Abuna. And uh, yeah, stay tuned.
Uh, now back here on uh, Coptic Youth Radio Hour, so in association with Tuned In. Uh, we uh, we wanted to test uh, Abuna's knowledge on some uh, Australian slang words. Oh. Um, <laughs> it's going to be, uh, we'll see how Abuna goes. I'm not ready for this. There's, <laughs> there's been no practice. <laughs> That's all right, Abuna, we'll, we'll help you out as much as possible. But we'll just let you know a bit about Australian culture and some words that That's you nice. might not know. Yeah, Amanda. <laughs> Um, if someone offers you a cuppa, um, if you say yes, what would you get? A, a punch in the nose, B, an Australian cake, or C, a cup of tea? If someone tells you a cuppa, I want a cuppa, what, like. what does that mean? Is that a cake, or is, does he want to give you a coffee? <laughs> I'm or? not sure, but maybe a punch in the face. <laughs> 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 uh, what's the it's answer? it's a cup of tea. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> we're not, we're not I that thought violent. it may have another meaning. <laughs> <so>. <laughs> well, it's a bit hard for um, other pe- like non non like Australian living um, people to understand yeah. the words because we shorten a lot of the um, yeah. sentences. We're very we're very lazy in Australia. Where if it's a long word, we'll just say like. Four letters of it, yeah. okay. and end it with an A or an O, just okay. to like. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Okay. Um, another question: If someone says they're aggro, what are they? A gardener, drunk or upset? So aggro. A gardener, drunk or upset? God knows. <laughs> <laughs> um. It's upset. <laughs> upset. Yeah. Angry. 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 Aggressive. Okay. Yeah. So, yeah. so it's aggressive, but we shortened it yeah. down just to show Yeah. <laughs> okay. <laughs> yes. <laughs> okay. Um, if someone asks you to come over this Arvo, when should you arrive? Um, this morning, this weekend, or this afternoon? Arvo. I think afternoon. Yes. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It sounds, yeah, again, it's yes. shorter. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Um, this is a hard one. Um, All are hard, you know. <laughs> <laughs> um, if someone says they're fair dinkum, they mean um, they know how to swim a little bit, um, they're telling you the truth, or they were born in Australia. So fair dinkum. Uh, (laughs) telling the truth yes that's right (laughs) what does this mean again Um, so so fair dinkum you're telling the truth fair dinkum it's like you're an honest person you're saying something truthful okay Okay. (laughs) I have to test you in Arabic (laughs) 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 Um, and last one Um, what does cheers mean uh, does it mean thank you um is it a type of lolly or a type of board game? So cheers. Cheers. A, um, thank you. A type of lolly or a type of board game? I think board game. Uh, and no. <laughs> it's thank you. Thank you. <laughs> yeah. Cheers, mate. That's oh, okay. like, thank you. Cheers. Thank you. <laughs> yeah. Thank you, Abuna. Uh, <laughs> very good sport for thank you very um, much. being with us. Uh, we've got one more gift for you. Um, just you. Uh, the... Uh, we wanted to, we wanted you to taste Vegemite. Vegemite is Australian. Uh, it's like very uh, Australian food. Uh, 
and we thought maybe you'd want to try it. <laughs> I don't mind. Uh, <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> you can take one. Yeah, I will. Have you ever tried it before? <laughs> no. You didn't <laughs> like it? <laughs> nice, nice. Oh, it's like, oh, really? Yeah, some, uh, heaps uh-huh. of people, even Australians, don't like it. And some people, like, love it. Yeah, a lot yeah. of people from outside, yeah. they, they t- sometimes they don't like yeah. it. Yeah. Nice, just, nice. Yeah, so. <laughs> um, thank you so much, Wuna. Thank you very much. Uh, we really, really appreciate you coming, giving up your time to be with us uh, and sharing a few uh, life lessons with the youth of today in Australia. Uh, and uh, we look forward to your next visit.
In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit, God, amen. Christos Anisti, Christ is risen, and Messiah Hukam. I have to say it with joy. I know it's first liturgy, but you've got to say it with joy. First liturgy is very, very nice. I want you to encourage your friends and family to move from second liturgy to first liturgy, so we can have more space in the second liturgy. As many of you know, during the Holy 50 Days, we choose all of the Gospels from the Gospel of St. John, and it reveals all of the I am statements of Christ. And this Gospel that we read today is a Gospel that we read three different times throughout the year, and it's important for us to understand why is the church choosing that this Gospel would be here during these Holy 50 Days in which we celebrate the resurrection. And if you paid attention to the readings and you heard the Pauline epistle, it clicked with me, it clicked with me, why this is linked to the resurrection. You see, the Samaritan woman was a very sinful woman. She was a woman that was ashamed to even be in public. So she chose to go at the hottest time of the day to the well you know, when they carry these water pots, you know, when I lived in, in Kenya, some people, when they walk to the well, it's not like, you know, across the street with a local fountain. There's one well. And so people go long distances to this well, and it's very, very hot, and they would carry this pot on top of their heads. If you've ever seen this in, in Egypt or you've seen it in Africa, they carry this very, very heavy water pot balanced on their heads, and you don't want to lose, imagine if you came a long distance in the heat, and you have to go, and you spilled half the water on the way. It's very, very careful. So it's a very, very time where she's trying to avoid people. She doesn't want to see anyone. And you say, how is it that somebody who is so ashamed of herself, okay, she's trying to avoid people, so she goes at the worst time when nobody would be there. At the end of the story, she goes, and she's speaking to the Samaritans, whom she's hiding from, she doesn't want to see face to face because they know that she is a woman who's had five husbands and the husband that, or the man that she's living with now is not her husband. Where did she get the strength to do that? How in one conversation with Jesus, now she's standing on the treetops speaking to all of the Samaritan people. What was it? The Bible says it clear in Colossians chapter 3. It says, if then you are raised with Christ. Seek those things which are above, where Christ is, sitting at the right hand of God. Set your mind on things above, not on things of the earth. Listen to this. For you died, and your life is hidden with Christ in God. You see, the Samaritan woman, when she had an encounter with Christ, a personal experience with Christ, it was then that she accepted that she died, and her life is hidden in Christ. You say, how did you get the guts to go and speak to all these people and these men? Like, weren't you ashamed of yourself? Here you are, you're preaching to people. Come on, everybody knows who you are. You're preaching to people. I'm sure she thought exactly this thought. My life is hidden with Christ in God. She found herself to be able to hide in Christ. It's no longer the Samaritan woman. It's no longer the Samaritan woman. There was a time... In St. Augustine's life, St. Augustine was a sinful man. He was a man that, you know, loved women and had multiple relationships and lived a very sinful life outside of marriage. 
And he had come through this long journey of repentance. And after he had repented, there was one day where one of the women from his old life came knocking on his door and knocked. He didn't answer. She knocked again. And she said, Augustine, don't you remember? It's me. He said, it may be you, but it's no longer Augustine. I'm not Augustine anymore. I'm not the person that you once thought I was. That person died. And I'm hidden in Christ. Because she had a personal experience with Christ. We hear in the, in the, in the gospel where Jesus is saying, I am the living water. I'm the water that's going to satisfy your thirst. And so this woman left her water pot and said, I'm not going to drink of the world anymore because I'm raised with Christ. I'm seeking a different water that's going to satisfy. We have a challenge in this holy 50 days. St. Basil, when he describes our human nature, he says it's a mix between two. It's a mix between the angelic nature and the beastly nature. He says, you know, the beastly, we, we're like, in the sense, we're like animals. You know, we seek to, to feed ourselves and procreate and, like animals. And we also have this angelic nature to us, like the heavenly. And there is a war that St. Paul talks about between these two natures. He talks about the war between the flesh and the war between the spirit. You see, the Samaritan came to the well trying to satisfy the thirst of the flesh. She's thirsty for physical water. I need physical water. And he sees that she's thirsty for physical relationships. That's why she has these five husbands and the husband that she's with is not her own. She's thirsty for the physical. And in this encounter with Christ, she realized, I don't need the physical. You know what's amazing about even the numbers within the story? We know that she had five husbands, and she's in a sixth relationship. And all of a sudden, when the seventh relationship comes in, which is Christ, that's the last relationship. She became satisfied that Christ was the seventh. Christ was the perfect and the complete. Christ was the one that satisfied her that she doesn't need any other relationships. She doesn't need anything from this world once she's satisfied with Christ. How amazing is it that, these that this woman was able to find her satisfaction in Christ. You have a war within yourself. You have the wo a war within yourself for the physical, for the carnal, for the fleshly. And deep down inside, you also have what St. Paul calls the lusts of the spirit. He compares the lusts of the flesh. We all know what those are. We know what our lusts of our flesh are, the desires of our flesh. But if I say, what are the desires of your spirit? Do you know what they are? Maybe we're not in tune with the spirit. And neither was the Samaritan woman. Don't, don't blame yourself. The Samaritan woman had no idea. And she says, this well, you know, Jacob came to give me this well. And Jesus is saying, he says, okay, if you're going to give me water, you don't even have a bucket. The well is so deep. He says, you're talking about physical water. You're going to thirst again if you drink of the physical. He says, so many of God's children don't believe that their satisfaction will only be in Christ. Give me any love relationship. Give me any amount of money. Give me any possession in this world. It won't do. 
I remember one of the times, you know, I got, I got a new car, and I, you know, pulled out of the lot, and I'm driving, and I'm at a red light, and I looked next to me, and I saw a really nice car next to me. I'm like, I'm driving my brand new car. It's my brand new car. It's five minutes old. And I'm looking to the guy next to me. I'm like, that's a cool car. It's my brand new car. And I'm looking to the guy next to me, and that's a cool car. And I'm thinking, nothing in me is ever going to be satisfied. Nothing within this battle of mine is going to be satisfied by the fleshly, by the carnal. And so the Bible is telling us, if then you were raised with Christ, seek those things which are above. I want you to become in tune with the things that you're thirsty for. Try to become in tune with what it is that I'm really thirsty for. I just need love. I just need attention. I just need to feel value. I want somebody to value me. I want to feel special. I want to... Anything in this world will never be able to fully convince you of that. This woman didn't care in one minute after speaking to Christ who she's speaking to. I don't care about the Samaritans. I don't care what they think of me. They need to know Christ. I said, who are you, lady? Like, you know Jesus for five minutes and that's it? You're, you're St. Paul the Apostle? Yes. Because once you taste, once you taste, you need everyone else to taste. And that brings me to my next question. If we're not leading others to Christ, have I really tasted him? And this is a very, very, very challenging thing because maybe a lot of us are not bringing anyone to Christ. I've never spoken to anyone about Christ. I've never witnessed to anyone about Christ. My coworkers, my neighbors, my... I've never told anyone about Christ. And I never will tell anyone about Christ. Say, did you really taste the water? Then? Did you really drink of a water that makes you never thirst again? You would be like a crazy person in the streets. If you really t- tasted, you would be like a crazy person in the streets telling everybody about this water. And it's amazing whenever you see a convert, somebody who joins the faith, somebody who leaves a state of darkness, a state of of not knowing, and they become believers, oh my gosh. Oh my gosh, these people are, are, they become crazy. They become crazy for Christ. I don't know if I, where I say what I said, but I I think I said it in this liturgy, where the, the greatest missionaries in the most dangerous places are all converts. People that are witnessing in China, people are witnessing in the Middle East, most of them are converts. Because they taste it. I one time had the blessing of meeting um, a, a person who converted from Iran. And his parents were clerics and it was very, very, um, very, very dangerous. And he, he found Christ and he had an encounter with Christ and he read the Bible and he just became crazy. And he says, I don't know what happened to me. I just started going out in the streets and preaching about Christ. I'm like, really? He said, yeah, and exactly what you're thinking happened. <laughs> they took me and they beat me and they put me in prison and I had, had to, you know, get me out of the country. And he's crazy. He said, I became crazy. Why? Because I've tasted and I've seen. What should the person who tastes and has seen, what would, how would you describe the person that has tasted and seen? You know, like, you always get people, have you ever been to this one restaurant? It is the most amazing. People, when I first, before I even got to Egypt, people were saying, when you go to Egypt, make sure you go to this. And I find out it's like this little you know, shack in the middle of the street. I'm like, everybody in America told me about this the shack. Like, why, why are they? Because they've tasted and they've seen. It's the best kofta in Egypt. Like, 
once you taste, and you, we're, we're telling people about, in the whole world about kufta. We tell everybody in the world, you have to go have kufta from this place. What about Jesus? What about Jesus? Have you tasted and have you seen? You know, I don't know. There was a part in this gospel that I, I never liked, but today I like it. Today I like it. When the Samaritans told the woman, it says, then they said to the woman, now we believe, not because of what you said, for we have heard for ourselves and know that this is indeed the Christ. I just feel like, it, like, like, come on guys, give her some credit. They said, no, no, no. They say, we believed. What she did was, she, when we saw her, we said, I want to go see for myself. When they saw how crazy she was for Christ, they went and said, we're going to go see for ourselves. And when they had their own personal experience, then they believed. I can tell you till you're blue in the face. Give your life to Christ. Trust Him. Put all your faith in Him. Your finances, your relationships, your marriage, your children. Put it in Him and just trust that He's going to satisfy. He's going to do everything. And you say, okay, that was a nice sermon. And I'm going to put like on YouTube or Facebook and it's nice. But until you try it yourself, it's a nice sermon. No one's going to remember it. I don't even remember what I preached, preached about last week. I don't know. But when you taste it and you see, then, then it'll make all the difference in the world. Today I'm asking you to be deeper aware, more aware of this internal struggle between the desires of the flesh and the de desires of your spirit. How are you satisfying those desires of your spirit? You know, sometimes when I go on outreach, I'll take a, a, a college kid who just has left the church and doesn't want to know anything about or hear anything about God, and we'll go out to, to a restaurant, we'll start talking, and as soon as I talk about Christ or God, like we beat around the bush, hey, how are you, know, what are you doing these days, how's college, tell me about, you know, we're watching the NBA games, beating around the bush, and then as soon as I start talking about Christ, it's as if I just created a thirst within the person. They want to hear more. Either I'm a magic performer or there's a deep thirst within somebody that I made them aware of their thirst. You were already thirsty, you just didn't realize you were thirsty. And you were running around everything in the world trying to satisfy a thirst that cannot be satisfied any other way than by being connected to God. And as soon as you begin to speak to this person who's completely away from God about the Lord and has forgiveness and His love and the new life and the purpose that He gives us and the meaning they begin to say, what am I doing? What am I doing in the world? What am I doing wasting my life, giving my whole life to my nine to five and to my every, like, like when, when am I going to really taste what life is all about? The answer is in the, in the readings. If then you are raised with Christ, set your mind on things above. Know, know that he's going to satisfy and nothing else will satisfy. And you tell this to people all day. And I'll tell you, like I'll give retreats to the high school kids and the college. They, they listen to me and they, they trust, they believe me. But then they go and they insist on doing what I told them not to do. And they come back to me 100% of the time, Abuni, you were right. 100% of the time, Abuni, you were right. Not because I'm a, I'm a magician, because, because it's truth. You need to satisfy your soul in the pleasures of Christ, in prayer. 
You say, but I don't enjoy prayer. You're not doing it right. You're not talking to God. You're giving him a grocery list. If you came and told me, Abuna, can you please come to my house and clean my bedroom and you know, wash my windows and clean my car? Like, well, that's not a relationship. We're not going to connect. We're not going to care about each other at all. Talk to him. Become naked before him. Say, Lord, this is who I am. These are my struggles. These are my fears. These are the things I hate. These are things I'm longing for. I just can't find it anywhere in my relationships or in, my, in the world. Can you satisfy it? And when you find that the Lord comes to give you that living water, that water never runs out. It becomes in you a fountain that satisfies all those that are around you. I pray that we would experience the true resurrection, that if we're raised with Christ, that our minds are satisfying our heavenly nature, our angelic nature, which is longing for fellowship with Christ himself. And glory be to God forever. Amen.
And uh, that's all the time we have for you guys. Uh, thanks again for joining us. Hope you enjoyed that segment with Abuna Dawood Lami. Uh, he, uh, thank God everything went well and uh, he uh, he tasted the sandwiches and he enjoyed it, but we asked him after and uh, he didn't really like Vegemite. So just, uh, just between us, yeah. <laughs> uh, he may have uh, said that he liked it uh, on camera, but he uh, deep down he didn't like it. <laughs> Don't blame him. Um, thanks again for joining us. Thanks, Amanda, for for um, helping out. Thank um, you very much for having me. No worries. Anytime. Um, also, make sure, if you haven't done so already, to subscribe to our podcast, SoundCloud account. Uh, you can um, search for us, 3ZZZ Coptic Youth, for this episode and uh, the past episodes as well. Uh, and also, if you haven't done so already, please subscribe to our Facebook page, uh, 92.3 FM, Theritual Z Coptic Youth. Uh, and also subscribe to the uh, CYC, um, CYC channel uh, Facebook page. That's it from us here at the Theritual Z Studios in Melbourne. Uh, stay tuned for the following program and see you guys next week. Be with all of you, depart in peace, may the peace of God be with you.